Welcome to Unchained TV, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. You're about to hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your health, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Welcome. You are looking at an extraordinary new film that is breaking boundaries and sending a powerful message that every single person on this planet needs to hear. It's a very provocative film starring Jamie Logan, directed by Tara Bennett-Smith, written by Lisa De Crescente, and we are so honored at Unchained TV to have them on today to reveal how they made this award-winning, groundbreaking film. It is truly extraordinary. And it's almost sad that we have to go to this length to send a message. But I'm not going to tell you what that message is. I'm going to let the women who made this blockbuster, groundbreaking film tell you what the message is. Because it's a message that seriously... The future of our planet could depend on it. So I want to start with the star, Jamie Logan. This was a, you're a comedian normally. And this was a very, very tough movie to do, I would have to assume, because you really had to bear your soul. Mm -hmm. Tell us what that was like, bearing your soul for this film and why you did it. Hi, Jane. Well, thank you, first of all, for having us and letting us talk about The Next Girl. This definitely was a challenging role for me to play, being that normally I stick to humor and comedy to get the message across. But when Star Simmons first approached me with the script written by Lisa DiCrescenti, she uh, showed it to me and it was so impactful and moving and powerful. And I knew that it was something I wanted to be a part of in whatever capacity I could be. And so I just really prepped for it. I worked with an acting coach and I figured out what my triggers were. And because I was so connected to the message of this film and of this story, that is really what I focused on when telling this story of the next girl uh, for the for the animals. I think most people know that whatever project I'm working on is going to have some sort of animal rights message in it. So. But I have to ask you, how did you get the courage? Because you're looking at a kind of mild part of it. Uh, but it's it's pretty intense. How did you get the courage to let your emotions out and be so vulnerable? I think I just kept the animals in mind. And when it comes to any form of activism, whether it's this creative forum where we're telling a, the story through the film, I just kept the mother cows in mind. And that is what I that is who I was playing. And so I just really kept them in mind and I wanted to tell their story because if people could connect to the pain and suffering that I was experiencing, then they should be able to connect to the pain and suffering that other individuals every single day face, which are the mother cows in the dairy industry. Well, when I saw this film and we're very proud that it is streaming on Unchained TV, the world's only free nonprofit streaming network to encourage compassionate animals for the sake of the animals, for human health, and to save the planet. And I'm so blessed that Unchained TV was chosen to stream it, and thousands and thousands of people have seen it. Uh, but I was curious, where the heck did you get this idea? So uh, let's go straight to the writer, Lisa De Crescente. How did you come up with this extraordinary film? And by the way, if you want to see it, 
All you do is go to Unchained TV. It is right there under the featured section. And it's less than 17 minutes, but it's life-changing. Lisa De Crescente. Thank you, Jane, for this um, extraordinary opportunity. We, we really appreciate you and everything you've done and will do for the movement. Um, I was interested in planting a seed with this movie. I felt like from all the animal rights activism and advocacy I've done, we need to help people get out of their own way. Uh, and sometimes we need to take measures where you are tricking people or baiting them in a kind way, of course, because we don't want to do anything malicious. But the movie is meant to focus on the oppressive mind. Um, and, you know, I want to bring up about how people will say, well, you're comparing humans to cows. We're not comparing anything because by comparing, you're implying there's a difference. There is no difference. And I love to say that when you are transmuting oppression into compassion, all victims are equitable. So this was my way of putting a message out there that both vegans and non-vegans could digest and really start thinking about their choices three times a day, four times a day uh, on how they could do things that are not only better for themselves and the planet, but the animals. So, so it was about helping people get out of their own way. One of the things that I want to say is this film is really brilliantly directed. And I am so excited that we have Tara Bennett-Smith, who is a renowned director with us. I want to play just a clip from it because it is pretty intense with the sound. And then we will talk a little bit about how this came together and how it was shot. Come on, let's go. Come on. Come on, let's go. Come on, come on. Get up there. Get up there. is so powerful. Tara Bennett Smith, the way you crafted this, the way you, it, 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 it's brilliant. How did you pull it together? Well, you know, it's a team effort, obviously. <laughs> you have to have a wonderful actress, which we did as a lead, because it is one of those pieces that if you don't have the right actress, it will fall. The script, when I first read it, I was very excited about the idea of telling the story um, it hit me in a number of ways, you know, uh, obviously about the animals, but also about oppression in general, you know, and how we on this planet, we just we just oppress and don't think anything about the people who we're affecting or the animals we're affecting. And um, it was interesting with the trailer. A lot of people, their initial thing was they thought it was about sex, sex trafficking which, you know, obviously we know what that's about. And then when they saw the film, it was kind of a bait and switch situation for them. But I think, you know, what helped also was the true to form location that Star found for us. And it was very gritty and, and uh, dark and hot. 
So it really, it helped you to, you didn't have to stretch far just to feel like you were in a setting that, because we actually shot in a former slaughterhouse. So you didn't have to stretch Whoa. far to imagine what that would have been like for these animals because we were actually in the setting that, um, so it's really finding the right actors and making sure that they lived in the truth of it and not try to act it because it wouldn't have worked had they been on top of the character instead of rooted into the character. Wow. Well, we've got callers uh, just bursting at the seams here. Natalie from Los Angeles, your question or thought for our incredible female filmmaking uh, powerhouse panel. Um, hi, Jane. Thank you so much. Hi, Jamie. Um, my name is Natalie Ford. I'm, a, I'm an acting coach here in Los Angeles and also an, a vegan activist. And I just want to applaud your courage. And the, the film looks just incredibly beautiful, beautifully shot. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how long this took from production idea into fruition? Great point. Uh, how about if we go to Lisa on that one? Well, the story was written over three years ago, but when I finally got in touch with Vkind Studios and Star Simmons, of course, who is a very intricate part of this whole project, uh, we shot it in five days and it took a few weeks with all the post editing because we were dead set on debuting it at the VKX event that happened in LA just um, uh, about a month ago. So it was a really quick uh, thing that we did. We put it all together. Everybody worked super hard. Um, probably other projects of this magnitude would have taken longer, but we fast-tracked it uh, intentionally. I want to show mind event because I think what all of these efforts have in common is that we animal activists are going to extraordinary um, mind-boggling lengths to try to get people's attention to something that they should be really wanting to pay attention to immediately. This was the fantastic V-Kind event in Los Angeles where uh, the film first premiered in person. At the same time, it was being streamed on Unchained TV. And um, what's so extraordinary about this, it was what you called an immersive event. That's not real fish, by the way. Everything was 100% plant-based. And so um, this amazing, extraordinary, immersive event was, along with The Next Girl, two examples of how our movement is growing to really extraordinary lengths to try to get people to pay attention. Here, check, there's chocolate, there's fish. There's all sorts of things happening and none of them involve killing animals. Pay attention, world. Pay attention, world. And yet, for some reason, no matter what happens, there is this large segment of the population that simply refuses to pay attention. This is the problem. And I think the fact that you did this film that you can't turn away once you're watching it, oh my God, what's going to happen? Don't give away the ending. But I want to discuss why, why people, why we need to go such extraordinary lengths to get people's attention about the horrors of the dairy industry and its impact on animals and the planet. Let's go straight out to another caller. Um, our second caller, Michael in Los Angeles. We've got like several callers now. We'll, we'll knock through them. Michael. 
Yeah. Hi. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that um, an all-female team was involved in this great film because of the fact that uh, women and particularly mothers are exploited in the dairy industry. My question is, uh, I thought the movie, the film was so great that I thought it was too short. Are there any plans to make this into like maybe a a full-length feature movie? I think that would be great. Thank you. Tara? I don't know for sure. I have... um... That would probably be a question for Lisa and Star, because I, I, you know, I didn't write it, so I don't know what Lisa has plans. Or it might be a question for Jamie, because she went through a tremendous agony, I think, uh, starring in this role. And uh, that might be too brutal for her to re-experience. But Lisa, take it away. Are you going to expand it into a feature length film? We don't have any solid plans, but that has been brought up to all of us uh, several times. So we are talking about it. But there are a lot of other issues that we would like to address as well um, with that said. So there are more projects coming. Uh, We just don't want to give them away as of yet. So stay tuned on Unchained TV. Yes. Okay. And Kush in Texas, your question or thought for our fabulous team. Who made the next girl? Kush? Hello. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, this is Kush from Texas, and I'm a vegan activist as well. Um, so um, one of the, uh, I think Lisa mentioned, like, you know, one of the, uh, one of the, one of her comments was like transmuting oppression, oppression into compassion. All victims are equitable. And I even heard like, you know, that comment in one of the, one of your YouTube interviews, like on Jamie's Corner, so uh, that comment, like, you know, really caught my attention. And my question was, like, how do you perceive the connection between different forms of oppression, of oppression such as gender-based violence, where bu- women su- suffer abuse at the hands of men, and the choice to adapt, like, you know, uh, a vegan lifestyle? So specifically, like, how do you believe this connection, uh, this transmuting connection uh, might resonate with men who might, who might not fully connect, like, you know, with these experiences? experiences that is a brilliant question uh you know who wants to take it because what what you're basically asking is you know the the film is a metaphor for the abuse of animals but there's plenty of women getting abused too tara i would would like because that's one of the things that stuck out to me especially as a woman as an african-american woman and as a mother of african-american sons so initially when i read it the pain number one of a mother the pain of a human when you don't feel like, you know, as a person of color, when you don't feel like your rights are being honored in any way, it did, it, it became one pain. It became one torment. It wasn't like I was separate from the cow or I'm separate from the girls who are trafficking or I'm separate from my sons who may just get pulled over by the cops just because, excuse me, just because it became the pain, you know? And one of the reasons why I've, I wanted to do it was because when I read it, it hit me in so many different ways. I am a vegan. So it hit me with the animals. I am a woman. It hit me as a woman. I am a black woman. It hit me as that way. And I figured that if, if you can watch it and feel and put yourself in the place of any of those things, you become more compassionate about everything. So you become compassionate about it all. That is a heavy answer, but a brilliant answer. Thank you for that. We're going to continue on with the callers. Um, Simone in Los Angeles, your question or thought for our fabulous filmmakers who made The Next Girl. 
Hi, this is Simone Reyes. And um, I tend to post some provocative content on the animal rights movement on my Instagram and, and everything. And I know Jamie has also a little bit recently. I love the calling out of gurus and yoga teachers who aren't vegan. <laughs> um, but I find that whenever I post anything that equates the animal rights movement with other movements, whether it be the feminist movement, the LGBTQ movement, civil rights movement, I get a lot of support from some, but also like a lot of pushback. Even yesterday, I posted a quote by Captain Paul Watson that made reference to animals and our history of American slavery, and it was both embraced and really vilified. So I'm just curious as to how the people on the panel navigate that without triggering people, but also never watering down the message, which is simply to me that in suffering, we are all equal. It's all right. our history. Wow, I love that. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, Jamie, take it away. Well, hi, Simone. Thank you so much for this question. I think it's a super important one, and I'd love to address it. So, you know, we're not trying to compare different social justice movements. What we're saying is that there's suffering, and the suffering is real, and that it's happening, and that it's all wrong. And so you don't necessarily have to place animals on the same level as humans. Some people do, some people don't, just to recognize that they're being harmed, and they shouldn't be. And so by creating this film and comparing and having people feel the suffering and pain that my character was going through, we're able to show them that, well, if this same pain and suffering is happening to one individual, why don't you feel that compassion if it's happening to another individual, whether it's a cow, whether it's a dog, whether it's a human, right? So I think it's just really to help people draw them in and recognize that suffering is suffering. Uh, Lisa might be able to add on to that as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I know it's very extremely controversial. And, you know, there's many times where I'd like to say, well, look back in the past in human history and it's similar. And but and then I stop myself because I know that people get offended. Mm -hmm. I mean, I once spoke at a, a, a women's organizational gala and I was practically chased out. Literally, I had to jump in my car and just take off. Because some people accused me of triggering them. They felt offended because I had compared them, their plight to animals. In fact, and I said, well, why is that so insulting? They're innocent, beautiful creatures. But it just, there was, honestly, it was one of the worst uh, activist moments in my life. So how do we, how do we navigate that, Tara? And then we'll go I, to Lisa. I don't know if we can, you know, um, Unfortunately, there's always going to be one side and then the other side. And I think that on this journey as an individual journey, you have to stick true to what you believe. Some people will only speak on the, you know, uh, animal rights based in animals. Some other people may be triggered because it, it affects them the same way that they want to, you know, that it affects the animals and they want to make a comparison. I just don't think there's any way we can, uh, uh, you know, not cross that those lines because people are people and everyone has their own thing that they're dealing with, what their beliefs are. And you just have to allow them to believe it. That's the, that's the challenge of social media is that we get to see it before, you know, people would have their opinions and talk about it to their friends. Now it can go out to the world, but do we silence? Do you silence your voice because you're afraid of the opinions? We can't do that. But by the same token, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And as somebody said, and this issue has come up with many issues, it's come up with women, civil rights, uh, religion, ethnicity. 
if if you say in a way that hurts people's feelings, find another way to say it. Um, what are your thoughts, Lisa? I think we're asking the wrong question. Uh, I'll give you an example and then I'll elaborate. The founder of the organization that I work for, he's a Holocaust survivor. And because of what he went through, he turned his life into a mission to fight for the animals and social justice. It's not about the victims. We're not comparing because there is no comparison. By merely comparing or implying we're comparing, that is implying that there's a difference. There is no difference. We're focusing on the oppressive mindset. It doesn't matter what you're oppressing. It's that mindset that we are asking people to consider. Why do people oppress other people, animals, lifestyles? It doesn't matter. This is what we are addressing. And that's what the conversation needs to be. That's what we need to rid the world of. Again, all victims are equitable, but it's about the oppressive mind. And that's what we need to start talking about because we'll never be able to convince a dairy farmer that the cows that they are enslaving and using and exploiting are the same as their children or their family members or their friends. But why do they believe that they can do and treat anybody like that for whatever reason? It's, it, it's coming from fear. I believe there are two pure emotions in the world. There's either love or fear. Everything comes from one of those two things. When you peel away the onion layers, you're either coming from fear or love. And oppression comes from fear. And that's what we need to address. That's what this is about. Perfectly said, said Annie Abram, who's watching. All right, we've got a couple more callers. We want to get through them. And obviously, this is hitting a nerve. Michelle in Los Angeles, your question or thought? I just want to congratulate all of you. Such an amazing film. I remember people walking out of the theater, crying, um, inconsolable, some people. Um, it's extremely intense. And I want to know, first of all, I want to agree with Lisa, two base uh, emotions, fear and love. I completely agree. That's where everybody it comes down to that. But I, uh, this is to everybody. I want to know, like, after such an intense shoot, after the production, um, how are you able to come down from that? What, what, what did you all do to cope? Um, and what was it like? I, I want to toss that out to Jamie because I'm sure everybody had stresses, but honestly, knowing Jamie and knowing that she's a comic actress and is always making me laugh hysterically, <laughs> I just couldn't even believe that she had the, the, the guts to reveal herself and get so serious and real. It was really, I mean, I'm impressed. I, Thank you. Thank you so much, Jane. Yeah, that's, we don't know her really, honestly. It's, uh, it was, it was a really big step for me to step outside my comfort zone and do that. And I think we created that safe space on set. Tara was so motherly and she really made me feel super comfortable. I, I was really only communicating and speaking to her and Lisa and a little bit of star on set. And so that kind of gave me the ability to feel comfortable and open up and be vulnerable. And, you know, to answer your question on what was it like then leaving set 
it was really, it was like going back out into the real world. I mean, we were spending a lot of the days in like a dark tunnel. The filming location was actually called the slaughterhouse. It was an ex slaughterhouse that used to kill millions of cattle a year. And so we really uh, felt that energy. And so I think it took a few days at, honestly to kind of brush that off. And it was really difficult because I was actually going to film another project shortly after that was more of a documentary style project. That was the reality of this, what happens in these industries. I was seeing cows and interviewing people on, on the subject matter. So it was like a whole month of just traumatic events. But I think in any form, you know, I'm an activist. And so I just have to make sure to take care of myself by doing a lot of meditation, journaling, yoga, therapy. It really helps. <laughs> so that's my answer to that. All right. We got one more caller and then we're going to just, I'm telling you, wow. Jose in Arlington, Texas, your question or thought for the women who made the next girl. Hi, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah, incredible film. It was um, very hard to watch, but uh, just an incredible job. Um, my question for you today is, um, how do we convince people to watch these types of films that are graphic and extremely have like extremely violent content? Thank you. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Tara, you want to take it? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, how do we get them to watch it? I, I don't know. You know, how do you, you get people to watch it? I really don't know. I mean, the most you can do is spread the word, which is what we're doing now. Uh, people tend to want to see a good film. And um, those who haven't, you know, in a position to, to violence may not want to watch it. Uh, a couple of my friends I sent it to to take a look at the link. You know, I said, go watch the film. And the first scene, my sister-in-law said, I, I can't do it. She says, emotionally, I will not be able to manage this film right now, what's going on in my life. So several people couldn't do it, especially mothers. Ironically, they were all mothers who I sent it to and said, I can't watch it right now. So I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. You know, I don't. Sorry. Uh, I have an answer to that. And that is, we got to make a comedy with a serious, serious point. So... I think that should be the next one on the agenda. All right. Um, we are kind of at a couple of minutes to a break, but I want to say that I agree. I agree with what I just said, that we need to lighten it up because we got to get people in the tent. Now, I love this film. This film is brilliant. And everybody who's seen it has been very impacted. But... Uh, a couple of things. One, I was going to put it on. Uh, we have all sorts of categories on Unchained TV. And I said, oh, well, I'll just put it under, you know, fictional, fictional movies. And then I realized, wait a second, I don't have any fictional movies. <laughs> I've got like one or two other two minute shorts that are fictional. We're not doing movies like Don't Look Up, like Leave the World Behind, which I just saw on Netflix, which is, a, it, again, it's a fictional take on a very serious issue. And I think you have done something groundbreaking by basically kickstarting this genre. Uh, Lisa, I think, you you know, basically you three women have sort of said, hey, people, if we can't, if they won't watch the actual cows being basically tortured, 
let's do something else to explain to them how these cows are tortured and how every time they take a sip of milk, they're participating in it. Yeah, I think I think we need more content that is more digestible from a comedic uh, standpoint. But I think this movie has 100% merit in that. And in, to answer that gentleman's question, it is a bait and switch style film. So I urge people to bait their friends, family, coworkers, anybody that they feel likes thriller movies or dramas and tell them it's a movie about a girl who's born into a dystopian world and has no autonomy over her body. And then show them a picture of Jamie. That should probably do the trick. <laughs> I would want, I mean, if someone showed me a picture of Jamie, I'd be like, yeah, I'm totally in for that. Um, but yeah, it's something that we need to preserve the ending because that's what's going to bring it home. But get people to watch it based on what the movie is showing you in the first 15 and a half minutes. Don't focus on the end because you're robbing uh, that person's ability to get the end, that, that conditioned stimulus that we're trying to create in people's minds. So that's how you get people to watch it. Well, we are going to take a very short break here on Voice America Radio, but we're staying alive on the Unchained TV streaming network, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and all sorts of other places. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You 
are listening to Unchained TV. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email in to jane at unchainedtv.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome. We are talking about female filmmakers fighting for justice. And what should be the American way, but isn't, unfortunately. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about Jamie Logan, because I think she's a rising star in our movement. She has so many different skills. It's really hard for me to wrap my mind around. She's a comedic genius with her hysterical, but provocative, thought-provoking street interviews, where she interviews people about their choices Uh, She's also a great editor, she's a filmmaker, and she's an actress. I could go on all day. But one of the most powerful things about Jamie is that she's got the guts to do things that other people, including myself, (laughs) wouldn't necessarily do. So uh, let's check this out. Then we're going to talk about Jamie on the other side. Jamie Logan. She makes headlines. She stirs up controversy. Now she's starring in a new movie, The Next Girl, streaming for free on Unchained TV. Jamie, your other big claim to fame, well, there's many, but this one really takes the cake. Uh, Just before you started shooting or around the time that you were shooting The Next Girl, you also jumped on stage at New York Fashion Week and held up the sign, Coach Leather Kills, and you got global media coverage for it. I want to bring that up because, A, it's so fascinating. B, it took a lot of guts, just like making the next girl took a lot of guts. But also, yeah, where do you get this gumption to do these things? (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jane. I love the little video you put together. My God, that's so cool. Um, So, yeah, I, I think my parents have always said from a young age that they were fighting with me since I was two. You know, when I believe something is right and I believe that something needs to change, I will put up a fight (laughs) to change it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to animal rights, I know that these animals have a right to be here just like us. I know that these animals deserve to be treated with love, kindness and respect. And so I will do whatever it takes to educate the public by any means necessary whether it is doing my street interviews, whether it's hopping up on runways to get the industry talking about leather or whether it's doing a film like The Next Girl, really whatever it takes. And uh, I think we just have to keep getting creative. Wow. And we've got people saying, okay, next TV I get will probably be a Samsung, but Dominion, if you have an Apple TV device or a Roku device or a Samsung Uh, or a um, Amazon Fire Stick, you can also get it on your TV that way. But yes, just amazing. And I want to just say something 
off the cuff, I happen to be listening to, I listen to a lot of books because I walk my dogs and I listen to books and I'm listening to Barbara, the story of Barbara Streisand, which I have to tell you, no, she's not a vegan by any means. If you can overlook all the recipes, although she did say she likes pigs uh, and thinks they're very smart. It's a brilliant book because she's telling it in her own words with her own voice. But also she's talking about as a woman standing up for herself and talking to these big directors and these big producers. And when she didn't agree with them, she was just like, nah, you're wrong. And honestly, I think that is sort of a quality of everybody when they talk to her. The one theme throughout the entire book is everybody's like, you're going to be a star. You know, you're every every single person reacted that way. They every single person realized and recognized that she was going to be a huge star right from the start. And I think it was like because she spoke her truth, not just her incredible voice, but what she said is everything, whether it's drama or comedy, because remember, she was also an actress, mm-hmm. is about truth. Truth. You always have to have that truth in there. I just I just thought that was very interesting reading it right as we were getting ready to. Uh, do this interview um, because we have to tap into that as well to hit the audience. You know, we have to tap into, and she was using her traumatic childhood and a lot of things to articulate her truth. You're not in your head, Tara. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what I was saying earlier, you know, when working with Jamie and, and most of the other talent, they were not really actors. Um, there might've been one who was actually, uh, pursuing it at the moment, but some, most of them were, I, I've always liked to do this. or I always thought about doing this. So how do you get truth out of people who tend to, as soon as you start working with someone who doesn't really act, they tend to act. They don't mm-hmm. understand being in the moment. They immediately go to acting. So how do you, you know, grab hold of them and try to um, mold them when they don't have any experience? So that became, it wasn't really a challenge, but under the circumstances of because of the place and the location we were in the heat and the time it, you know, it could have been challenging, but we somehow was able to pin and find people. And even one of the gentlemen in there who grabs the girl and carries her out, he was the guy who was managing the space. And I just needed someone else. And I said, Oh, walk for me. And he walked and I said, okay, I just could tell within how he carried himself that he could pull this off. So you know, it's really about being in the moment. And, and and most times what you find is something relatable to you. Like Jamie said, this was something that spoke to her. It spoke to me as a director. Uh, and when you have those lead roles like Barbara Streisand, you have to find something within the character that's relatable so that it's easy to become it and it's not, not tried to act it, you know. Well, Jamie, you're getting a lot of kudos here. I love Jamie. Um I don't know what's happening there. Somebody's boiling a pot of water. Um, Jamie killed it on the coach runway. That was so thrilling. Can Jamie help get LVMH to end fur sales? The activists need more. uh, The animals need more activists like Jamie. Well, hopefully this will encourage people to um, take that step and go into their discomfort zone. I mean, that's what I pretty much have learned from talking to all of you is that we can't stay in a safe space and save the animals. We have to go into our discomfort zone. We've got two more callers, Annie and Sherman Oaks, your question or thought for our fabulous female team of filmmakers. Hello. Can you hear me? 
Yes. I'm so sorry. I'm outside. There's a lot of noise here. First of all, I want to say thank you, Jane, for having them over. And this movie is brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Logan, I love you. I love everything you do from the model walking to this movie. I want to know, are you guys submitting this incredible movie you made to the awards to compete with different movies? Because, you know, there are short film categories. And this would be an amazing exposure of the reality. Great question. Story, thank really. you, Annie. Thank you, Annie, for thank that. You. That's a great thank question. Thank you so much. Uh, Tara, uh, Lisa? Yes, we've won many awards so far, and the film is in film festivals, and I was just at one, I want to say, last week. And what was interesting is most of them are not vegans, so the the, the bait and switch works very well for people who are non-vegans because at the very end, this girl goes, I never thought about it this way. I never thought about what cows go through. I just never even thought about it. And she was a mother. She said, but it's got me thinking. Wow. So, Yes. The best compliment you could ever ask. And uh, Paige in Los Angeles, your question or thought for our fabulous team. First of all, congratulations on all the awards you're winning. I'm really looking forward to the potentiality. Here's what I was thinking. Doing a screening here in Los Angeles, since I'm in Los Angeles, with another film that has nothing to do with the subject. So in other words, it's a double feature. So what are your thoughts on that, um, partnering with another film that has no subject matter whatsoever to do with any of, you know, veganism, animal rights, et cetera? Good idea. Uh, Lisa, presenting? Yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. Um, we were just talking about that earlier, how we would like to have people approach us about doing screenings in their area. Not only are we doing them in the United States, but in other countries abroad as well. So if anybody has any ideas, go to the nextgirlfilm.com and reach out to us because we would love to work with you. This film was primarily made as a tool for people to use to expose people to the truth um, and get them thinking like Jane said earlier. So yes, absolutely. Great idea. And you know, the other thing you can do is have watch parties. We also just debuted... Uh, premiered a film called Ending Real Fur uh, that is also an award-winning film. And uh, the man who did it, Tamor Chowdhury, spent seven years working on it. We were very honored. We are very honored to have it streaming on Unchained TV. And we held watch parties. Jamie Logan and her, her friend, fellow activist, Rachel Edgemont, uh, threw a party in New York. We had parties in LA. We had a party in Toronto. We had, I mean, that because that also makes it, you know, how do you get people in the tent? And I hate to say it, but it's true. Some food, vegan food, obviously, some, a little party before and after people like to socialize. That's a, that we found that to be a good strategy. We had them in Detroit. We had them in Texas. Uh, in fact, it was a woman in Texas, one of our volunteers who text, she texted me and said, just proactively, I'm throwing a watch party. It was the day after Thanksgiving that the film premiered because that's fur free Friday and it's all about ending fur. And she said, Hey Jane, I'm going to throw a Thanksgiving thanks living leftover party and uh, a what and turn it into a watch party for ending real fur. And, and then I said, wow, that's a great idea. Thank you. And then I immediately called Jamie and other people that I knew in different cities 
And the next thing you know, we had all these watch parties going. And then additionally, we asked people, everybody at the watch party, have somebody go live. Have somebody go live on Instagram. Have somebody go live on TikTok. Have somebody go live on Facebook. And that way you can really generate um, you know, a buzz. Because let's face it, if we had multi-million dollar marketing budgets for these things, you know, when I drive through LA, I see giant electronic billboards that have to cost half a million dollars advertising Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and Disney Plus. Obviously, we don't have those kinds of budgets. So we have to be super creative in the ways that we get people to watch this. And I'd, I'd like to just, you know, put it out there to, to uh, our panel. What what other ideas do you have uh, to get people to to watch this? Oh, Thank you, Paige. Ellen Dent held one in Philadelphia. It, in Penn, I think it was Pittsburgh. But yes, it, and Tanya Carrier held one in Michigan. And Tom did one in Chicago. I didn't even know about Chicago. Right on. Thank you, Tom, if you're watching. All right. Well, what do you think of that idea of, and, and other ideas like that to, to do an end run around the mainstream media blackout on these issues? Tara? Well, I think when you, you know, you're, Indie projects, most indie projects are working with a very minimum budget, <laughs> minimal budget. So we rely on you. We rely on anyone who's seen it to help share it, to do the watch parties, to do small screenings and uh, really reach out to the, the, the non-vegan world as well. You know, have people over for dinner, try some vegan food. You can do... Um, I, I was telling one of my friends, I said, uh, I'm going to do a game party where they're going to watch the film. We're also going to do a Top Chef where, because they always talk about, I want to learn how to make some things. I said, so you're going to come by. We're going to bring a bunch of stuff and everybody's going to pick a recipe. We're going to watch the film and we're going to play Top Chef. And then we try the foods. We tell you what we taste. So just come up with fun game night things that you can do and introduce people to the world, which then hopefully makes them more compassionate about, uh, you know, their choices. I want to ask a question because I've written four books, including two New York Times bestsellers. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because nonfiction to me is a lot easier than fiction. I've also written a novel or two that I threw immediately in the fireplace and set it on fire. And I've written a couple of screenplays that I stuck somewhere in my garage. And then when I looked at them, I was like, oh, don't let anybody ever see this. Oh, my God embarrassing. My conclusion is that screenplays are the hardest to write because every single word has to, you know, with a novel, you can have, you can go off on a side for a while and then come back. But, but what are the challenges of screenwriting, Lisa, especially when you're dealing with a genre where you're trying to get a point across about a very serious subject? Great question. Well, we intentionally, we kept the dialogue very minimal for, for a lot of reasons. Uh, we wanted it to be uh, lateral in terms of language. We didn't want to have to worry about, you know, um, subtitles and translations and things, but we really relied on the emotion, the body language, uh, the interactive, um, the interactivity between. How do you write that in a screenplay though? How do you write all that out? Uh, it, it came out of me like a story. I mean, and that, and then it, you know, eventually was massaged into a screenplay. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a screenwriter that's been in the biz for decades, so I may not be the right person to answer that question, but I go on gut. 
And I, I start at the end like a GPS. You know what your destination is and then you work your way towards it, right? That's the way I work. And what were the biggest challenges of directing this, Tara? Just the heat <laughs> and the location. It was torture. I mean, literally, the, the there were still ghosts in the slaughterhouse, so that's one thing. Uh, it was very, there was no air condition outside of the office. So you're in Arizona, it's 120 something degrees. And, yeah, at least 120 something degrees. And, you know, we had long eight to 12 hour days. So I would say the typical movie making challenges, but then add the environment, the circumstances with it, um, which made it. Well, uh, this is a first, but I'm happy about it. We have Natalie back with a second question for our fabulous panel. Go ahead, Natalie. Hi, guys. Thank you for uh, letting me come back in. So, um, you know, I just, I think this movie is um, remarkable in that I think that all of our work as artists is to have the end goal um, creating depth of feeling. And throughout that creative power of feeling, we teach and we show and we allow the audience to recognize. So it's such a beautiful piece. I, I, to be honest, I literally just watched it. Um, it was, uh, I mean, I, 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 I am feeling, I am feeling so much. And the power of the work that you have created is, um, speaks for itself. And I agree. I really, I hope that it can get into Sundance, into the Academy Short Film Project, so that even if it doesn't, even if it's not out to the general public, our voice will be shared. And, and so I applaud you for that. And I thank you for that. Well, that's really, really fantastic. We had somebody who just, Natalie from Los Angeles, just watched it right now as the result of this interview. And anybody can watch it uh, just go to UnchainedTV.com, watch UnchainedTV.com, and it's right in the featured section. So you just click through the featured section, and there it is. And it, it is really life-changing. And this is how animals are treated, let's face it. And what just blows my mind is that we are going to these incredible lengths, all of us, as directors, as writers, as actors, as producers, as journalists, to, you know... Tell people to wake up. If you are a compassionate person, uh, how can you not be outraged by what's going on? And that is something that just hits me all the time. Uh, and David says, the film hit home as a former slaughterhouse inspector, now vegan for 10 years. It really flashed back to my time working wow. in that horrific industry. Wow. wow, that is another powerful, uh, what I would call, endorsement. What's your reaction to that, Jamie? I mean, it's, yeah, when you see this stuff firsthand, it's, it's horrifying. There's nothing pretty about it. And, you know, it just makes me think of the terms that the industry likes to use, like humane and grass fed and free range. It's like they try all these ways to make it sound pleasant, but really there's nothing humane about it. There's nothing humane or benevolent about taking the life of an individual that doesn't want to die. And so somebody like David who really got to see it firsthand and then woke up and, and was like, I just can't be a part of this anymore. I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you so much for 
seeing, you know, the, the suffering and changing. And that's really what it's all about. That's what we're trying to show people here is that none of us were vegan when we were born. You know, we, we, we were on that other side as well. And I contributed to a lot of, of terrible things in these industries. And once I learned the information, I changed. And so that's what we're trying to help people do is just really make the connection, learn the information, and then just, just switch your brand. Instead of buying that cow milk, you can buy so many different plant-based milk brands and we're here to help you. We want to be a resource. Yeah. Um, it, it's still, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the movement in general. We're all activists. We only have four minutes. So we want to get everybody's final thoughts on all this, but um, where do we go next? I think, first of all, you've established that fictional filmmaking movie making as opposed to documentary filmmaking can be a very effective tool. So that kudos to you guys for putting that on the map and let's have other people come out and challenge that. You think you can make a better film? Go ahead and try it. Uh, like I said, I'd love to have a category of fictional films on Unchained TV, but there's so few. So we need more of those, but just final thoughts on what's next. What's next for this movement when it comes to filmmaking media, uh, Lisa, I think there is a shift happening. There was a, recently an article in Adweek. Um, uh, Brown, Patrick Brown of Impossible Foods was saying that we've really failed in terms of how we are, you know, promoting what we're doing because we're up against a one and a half trillion dollar industry and we're not going to win if we do that. I think we need to shift. And you're right. The content needs to be more digestible, you know, the word vegan, as we heard in New York City, when people hear the word vegan, they think of, you know, hate. Um, they think of judgmental, critical, tree hugger. We need to change that. So we need to go more of like a cool and sexy and, you know, uh, fun type of brand, if you will. Right. And I think that Jamie does a really great job with that. I'm moving in in that direction with the events that I'm doing with farm three uh, major festivals in 2024, the planet series. I think we really need to always consider that they are not in our minds and how we're being perceived by the general public. So cool, fun, sexy, fun, you know, just, just um, be, be who they want to be, right. Be great advocates by um, offering the right representation. All right. Thank you for that, Tara. We got about a minute. So what are your final thoughts? Well, my final thoughts is, is exactly what Lisa said. And as, as you were saying, Jane, I think it's important that we start shifting how we tell these stories, that they're not only done in documentary style, that they're done in narrative style so that when, instead of people turning on a comedy, they can turn on a comedy and now get the message and see it told from so many ways. They'll start to enjoy a show and not feel like they're just being preached to. So I think that the key would be to start developing more projects that speak to more of a narrative style, comedy, drama, whatever. And then I think we'd get the message across a lot quicker. Thank you for that. Final thoughts, Jamie Logan. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having us, Jane. My final thoughts are, I think we need to just keep mixing up the content as everybody else was saying, but really what made me vegan was seeing the suffering and seeing the footage. So there needs to be a level of just some of the reality of what's happening with the animals. Like we need to tell their stories and not fabricate it. Like this is what's happening. So 
I totally agree. And I've seen a lot of effective films. You can't show too much. Mm-hmm. If you sh- by the time they hit that clicker to change it, it's got to be gone. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Throw it in for a second and then get yeah. rid of it and go back to something else mm-hmm. uh, because uh, people need to see it. But by the same token, if you hit them with too much of it, they're going to turn away. Right. They don't show me that. And of course, I always say, well, if you can't even bear to look at it, you shouldn't be drinking milk or eating animals or wearing them when you can't even right. look at it for 10 yes. seconds. If that doesn't tell you there's something terribly morally wrong, then you know, you've just shut off your conscience, essentially. So I just want to thank everybody. You guys are my heroes. I am really, really so impressed with your incredible creativity and follow through with such an amazing film. And of course, I'm urging everybody, watch The Next Girl on Unchained TV for free streaming. Just go to unchainedtv.com or watch unchainedtv.com and watch The Next Girl and share it with somebody who needs to see it. See you next time on Voice America Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Unchained TV. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.